0: Hey, this is Todd coming to you from the uh, Sports Library and Spirituality in Verona, Wisconsin, and I just want to say thank you to to Anchor and Spotify for the uh, the chance to be the chance to have a podcast, and I would like to also say thank you to the listeners too. Thank you. Welcome to the uh, Sports, Spiritual, Sports and Spiritual Library here in Verona, Wisconsin, and uh, in my apartment. Um, I'm going we do a reading out of the big book, a, a big book, and it's going to be uh, it's out of the fourth edition, chapter four of the, of the uh, stories in the back, and this one is called Our Southern Friend. And this is uh, the fourth edition of the big book, too. And I uh, guess, you know, Anchor and Spotify makes this possible. Without Anchor Spotify, I would not have a, a hot podcast. So I really thank you for that. And they make it a lot simpler, too, because, you know, you, you see these podcast equipment that they have. I'm doing this off my phone. That's how simple it is. So you might want to look into it. But anyways, here we go. Chapter four, our southern friend. Pioneer, a minister's son, southern farmer, he asked, who am I to say there is no God? Father is an Episcopal minister and his work takes him over long drives. On bad roads. The parishioner the parishioners parishioners are limited in number, but his friends are many. For to him race, creed, or social position makes no difference. It is no longer before he drives up in the buggy. Both he and old Maud are glad to get home. The drive was long and cold, but he was thankful for the hot bricks that some thoughtful person had given him for his feet. Soon supper is on the table. Father says grace, which delays my attack on the buckwheat cake. And sausage bedtime comes I climb to my room in the attic it is cold so there is no delay I crawl under a pile of blankets blow up the candle the wind is rising and howls around the house but I am safe and warm I fall into a dreamless sleep I am in church Father is de is delivering his sermons. A wasp is crawling up the back of the lady in front of me. I wonder if 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 it will reach her neck. Shucks! It has flown away. At last, the the message has been delivered. Last year lights to shine before men, be that they may that they may see your good works. I hunt for my nickel to drop in the plate, so that mine will be seen. I am in another fellow's room at college. Freshman, said he to me, do you ever take a drink? I hesitated. Father had never directly spoken to me about drinking, but he never drank any, so far as I know. Mother hated liquor and feared a drunken man. Her brother had been a drinker and had died in a state hospital for the insane, but his life was unmentioned. So far as I was concerned, I had never had a drink, but I had seen enough enough merriment in the boys who were drinking to be interested. I would never be like the village drunkard at home. Well said, the older boy. Do you? Once in a while, I lied. I could. I could not let him think I was that a sissy. He poured. He poured out two drinks. Here's looking at you," said he. had gulped it down and choked. I didn't like it. I didn't like it, but. I would not say so. A mellow glass stole over me. Oh, sorry. A mellow glow stole over me. All right, got it. this. wasn't so bad after all. Sure, I'd have another, but the gloss or the glow increased. Other boys came in. My tongue loosened. Everyone laughed loudly. I was witty. I had no, in- no inferiorities. Why I wasn't even ashamed of my skinny legs. This was the real thing. A haze filled the room. Electric light began to move. Then two bulbs appeared. The faces of the other boys grew dim. How asked. How sick I felt. I staggered to the to the bathroom. Shouldn't have been drunk so much or so fast. But I knew how to handle it now. I drink like a gentleman after this. All right. All right. I'm thinking of some things here about this young gentleman. You know, he's, he's got a complex problem with, uh, with alcohol and, you know, it's it just it, it what it does it lies to you. He might be alcoholic already. That happens. An alcoholic doesn't take a drink. As the disease starts to work you over, you know, it, it gets in your head. That's where that's where it dominates. Is not is mind. It tells us that hey, you know uh hey you know what you know what uh, I could not let him think I was a sissy it's disease toxic you, you know and you don't want to be called a sissy do you it's in your mind you know it's the evil one so that's why you take you that's why you have your first drink you know it, it, That's why people get so sick too. I mean, he didn't take like a, like a low alcohol beer or something like that. He takes out a freaking, he takes out a glass of liquor, glass of booze, heart stuff. You know? And, <laughs> unbelievable. What, I, it's unbelievable he took a drink. It's unbelievable how the, the disease, works you over you sit in action you want you don't want to do it but you do it been there before so I met John Barleycorn. the grand fellow that my call made me a bad a bad fellow or a hell fellow well meant gave me such a fine who gave me such a fine voice, as we sang. <laughs> hail, hail the gang's all here. And sweet Adeline, who gave me the freedom from fear and feelings of inferiority. Good old John. You was my pal, all right. Final exams of my senior year, I may somehow graduate. Uh, I would never have tried, but mother counts on us so. Case of measles saved me from being kicked out during my sophomore year. Yes, the thing is, is that you know it's it always empowers you too, it's you know you can go sing, you can do this better, you can do all this stuff, you know, because it takes away your uh strips you of your ego and uh but when it does that it, it totally deploys into place where you don't wanna go. That's to tell you that's what it depresses. is I understand it. I got I have it too, so and that's what it does to me. Puts me to the point where I don't even want to get up and walk just want to lay in bed all day so that's that's the thing is is that but that's the thing you know it's just it's such a you know it levels you final exams my senior year and I may somehow graduate I would never have tried but mother counts on it so in case the measles saved me from being kicked out during the sophomore year But the end is in sight. My last exam and an easy one. I I gaze at the board with the questions. With his questions. Can't remember the answer to the first. I'll try the second. No no soap there. I don't even remember anything. I concentrate on one of the questions. I don't seem to be able to keep my mind on what I am doing. I get uneasy. If I, don't, if I don't get started soon, I won't have time to finish. No use? I can't think. I leave the room, which the honor system allows. I go to my room. I pour out a half a tumbler of grain, of grain alcohol. Wow. And fill it with ginger ale. Now back to the exam. Wow. My pen moves rapidly. I know enough of the answers to get by. Good old John's Barleycorn. He can, de- he can be depended on. What a wonderful power he has over the mind. It all starts in the mind. I was all about that. He has given me my diploma. Wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's using, you know, and it does, and it tells us lies. That disease tells us lies continuously. And you know, so, you know even had something happen, like him got, because southern other friend had enough uh, know-how to get through this uh, exam and get and get a good grade on it, or whatever, get a passing grade, how about that? So, anyways, on to the next. Underweight, how I hate that word. Their attempts to earlier end the service. And those fathers, because of being skinny. Failures of being, three failures of being skinny, I'm sorry. There we go, I got a little bit more light. I have recently recovered from pneumonia, and I have an alibi, and my friends are in the war or going, and I am not. I visit a friend who is awaiting orders. The atmosphere of eat, drink, and be merry prevails, and I absorb it. I drink a lot every. I drink a lot. Every being Mary and prevails and I absorb it. I think I. I think I drink a lot every night. I'm sorry about that. I can hold a lot now, more than the others. I examined for the. I examined for the draft and passed the physical fit test. I'm to go to camp on November 13th. The test is signed on the 11th. The draft is called off. Never in the service before the the war leaves me with a pair of blankets, a toilet kit, a sweater knit by my sister, a still greater sense of inferiority. That's why he's drinking. He's trying to use that. Like I said before, he's trying to get the inferiority. It's such a such a beast you know I had that in the 40 complex too and um, you know and some of the in 40 complex with the ego you know that's that's a bad way to go I know I got busted up on it because I remember the first couple times I got drunk it was just so nice and so so breezy you know it's like like, he was like the grand party of all, you know, in some, somebody's field or something, I don't know. But. Well, I used to blame it on my mom and dad. You know, for not giving me what I wanted. Or I wouldn't even ask, because I thought, oh, they're not going to give it to me. And God, he was out of the picture, so. Um. He was right with me, but I didn't know it, I didn't know how to approach. So that's how that, that's how that goes for me. Anyways, I'm gonna get on with the rest of this here quick. Alright. Alright. All right. alrighty alright. All right, all right, all right. Page two eleven. It is ten o'clock of a Saturday night. I am working hard on the books of a subsidiary company of a large corporation. I have had experience at, in selling and collecting and in accounting. I'm on, my, I'm on my way up the ladder. Then a crack up. Cotton struck, and, uh, cotton struck the skids and collections went Code. A $23 million surplus wipes out. Other offices closed up and workers discharged. I and the books of my division have been transferred to the head office. I have no assistance and I am working the nights, Saturday and Sundays. My salary has been cut. My wife and new baby are, fortunately, staying with relatives. I feel exhausted. The doctor told me that if I don't give up inside work, I'll have tuberculosis. But what am I to do? I have a family to support and have no time to be looking for looking for another job I reached for the bottle that I just got from George the elevator boy I'm a traveling salesman the day is over business has not been so good I'll go to bed I wish I were home with the family and not in this dingy hotel well well look who's here good old Charlie it's great to see him Here's the boy, a drink. You bet your life. We buy a gallon of corn because it is so cheap. And I am fairly steady when I go to bed. Morning comes, I feel terrible. A little drunk will put me on my feet. Well, Drake will put me on my feet. But it takes others to help keep me there. I I became a teacher in a boys' school. I am happy to in my work. I like the boys and we have a lot of fun. In class and out. The doctor bills are heavy and the bank account is low. My wife's parents and... My wife's parents come to our assistance. I am filled with her pride and self-pity. I seem to get no sympathy for my illness and have no appreciation of the of the love behind the gifts. I call a bootlegger and fill up fill up my charmed well, keg. Charmed keg, I'm sorry. Uh, trying to see her a little bit rough. I call the bootlegger and fill up my charred keg. But I do not wait for the for the charred keg to work. I got drunk. My wife is extremely unhappy. Her father comes to sit with me. He never says unkind words. He is a real friend, but I do not appreciate him. We are staying with my wife's father. Her mother is in critical condition at a hospital. I cannot sleep. I must get myself together. I sneak downstairs, get a bottle of whiskey from the cellar. I pour drinks. I pour drinks down my throat. My father-in-law appears. Have a drink, I ask. He makes no reply and hardly it seems to see me. His wife dies that night. Mother has been dying of cancer for a long time. She's near the end now and is in a hospital. I have been drinking a lot but never get drunk. Mother must never know I see her about to go. I return to the hotel where I am staying and get gin from the bellboy. I think and go to bed. I take a few the next morning and go see my mother once more. I can't stand it. I go back to the hotel. I get more gin. I drink steadily. I can't do that. I come to at three in the three in the morning. The un, the independable, indestructible torture <laughs> has me again. I turn on the light. I must get out of the room, or I shall jump out of the window. I walk miles, no use. I go to the hospital, where I have made friends with the night superintendent. She puts me to bed and gives me a hypodermic. I leave the hospital to see my wife. We have, we have another child, but she is not glad to see me. I have been drinking while the baby was arriving. Her father stays with her. It is a cold, bleak day in November. I have fought hard to just stop drinking. Each bottle has ended in defeat. I tell my wife I cannot stop drinking. She begs me to go to the hospital for alcoholics. That has been recommended. I say I will go. She makes the arrangements, but I will not go. I'll do it all myself. This time I'm off of it for good. I'll just take a few. I'll take a a few beers now and then. You know, with this disease, a lot of us, including me, have had periods of time where I haven't taken the disease seriously, and I do not work my program, and quite frankly, I get so miserable that I wish I could take a drink, but I know I can't. And basically what it does, it drives me to the point where, it drives me insane. It drives me to that point where I have I have thoughts about taking my car and doing whatever with it, you know? And uh, it's not for attention, it's too. You know, I have that because I just, I'm in pain all the time, so it's like, I won't do it. But it's like, you know, God, if you, you need somebody up there, you need me up there, I'll come up. <laughs> you can take me at any time. From what I understand, that's all. I'm not in the uh not in that club by myself, I guarantee you that much. But I think most most alcoholics have that. Depression problem going on. We had we need to treat it with. We need to treat it with uh. Well, a drink of what kind we like, or the uh, type of marijuana or drugs that we like. You know, it's it's anything to get ease and comfort. Yeah, it's anything to get ease and comfort out of that. So and that's right, and that one is mom is dying all that stuff. I, I can understand. I can understand what's going on there. Because I've been through it. And it's not fun. It's, it's the wrong time of year, too. November's pretty bleak around here, too. It's the last day of the following October. A dark, Rainy morning, I come to on a pile of hay in a barn. I look for liquor and I can't find any. I wander, I wander to a table and drink the bottles of beer. I must get some liquor. Suddenly I feel hopeless, unable to go on. I go home. My wife is in the living room. She had looked for me last evening, and she, when I left the car and wandered all off into the night, she had looked for me this morning. She has reached the end of her rope. There is no way. There's no use trying anymore. For her there is nothing to, to try. Don't say anything," I say to her. "I am going to do something. I'm in the hospital for alcoholics. I am alcoholic. The insane asylum lies ahead. Could I have myself locked up at? uh, Could I have myself locked up at home? One more foolish idea. I thought might go out west on a ranch where I couldn't get anything to drink. I might do that another foolish idea. When I were dead, I have often wished before I am too yellow to yell and kill myself. Four alcoholics play bridge in a smoke-filled room. Anything to get my mind from myself. The game is over and the other three, three leave. I start to clean up the... I start to clean up the debris. One man comes back, closing the door behind him. He looks at me. You think you're hopeless, don't you? He asked. I know, I reply. Well, you're not, says the man. There are men on the streets of New York, today, who were worse than you. And they don't drink anymore. So it's going to happen. I'm going to end it right there at 2 um, If you want to read on, go ahead. But i there's quite a bit more to read. So I'll be back to read that. And I like doing it on Thursdays. It's when I like to do the uh, big book stuff. Because, you know, I want to have a days where I'm, you know, I'm, I'm able to do things and able to uh if people that do hear this are going to be getting a consistent, uh, a consistent structure out of me, That's what I'm trying to come up with right now for this podcast. Instead of doing it on my my will, I don't want to read that, I want to read this. It's better to have a consistent structure. So, anyways, if nobody else has told you that they love you today, I do. And uh, I want each and every one of you to have a wonderful day. And be constructive. Thanks. Hey, it's Todd. Just wanted to say thank you for listening to the show today. And if nobody else has told you that they love it today, I do. Thanks.